This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Hello, 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 lovelies. Hello. <laughs> I say lovelies because it's the month of love. <laughs> right. It's the month of love. <laughs> right. It's uh, we're in February now, so I mean, we've been seeing um, candies and teddy bears and roses since December twenty sixth. So I mean, it's not like you can avoid it. No, you really can't. You it's really can't everywhere. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is the Valentine's month. So Valentine's. I'm very excited that we're going to, uh, we're kicking today off. Uh, I'm very excited because we've got, um, I already said that, uh, we've got Erlinger Toradson back with us to yes. discuss, uh, to do a deep, in-depth uh, look at his film Rift about a gay breakup. Oh, my um, God. I know nothing about that. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about gay relationships. I, I know, so you're going to learn so much. I'm going to learn so much. Yeah, but he's going to help us kick off a whole month of tainted love. Tainted love. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm excited for you because you have a friendly friend now. I have a friendly friend. I'm At least for this. For this, uh, for this know, month, we'll see how well this ages, right? Like a <laughs> hundred episodes from now, will he still be my friendly friend? Yeah, I don't know. How's he doing? He's doing great. Good, good, good. He's doing great. Wonderful. It, it's great because I'll get a text message as soon as he hears this because he listens. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows this, but he listens. That's sweet. So. Yeah, my brother has been listening, so he sometimes texts me stuff. He's like, quit hating on dogs. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, because he's like behind, you know, or he's like listening a few weeks ago, you know, so it's like he just sends me these random I'm messages. over that. Responding to something that I said on the show that I've totally forgotten about. So then I have to like say, what? And he's like, well, you just were talking about dogs or something. Stop know? hating on dogs. Yeah. So that's very amusing. Hello, Cody. I'm sure you'll be listening to this in a, in a month or two after it's out. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, brah. Um, yeah, so that's fun. I'm glad that you guys are, are doing well. Hopefully that, can, hopefully that continues. Hopefully it will. Hopefully um, it will. We have, <laughs> it's funny, the uh, hemlock is just, you know, wanting know. to be all over our equipment. As usual. As usual. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was um, was I going to say? The Sam Squinch and I are also doing well. Good. Yes, I made... We're um, checking up on each other's (laughs) relations. Yes. Well, you didn't ask me. I'm just interjecting. Well, you know, I I (laughs) thought it was assumed. It was assumed. (laughs) We've actually had a very good day. I started the day... um, You know, I firmly believe that... You know, the quickest way to a man's heart is, um, of course, through his rib cage. <laughs> I was going to say through his rib first, but, you know, the also five through point the palm <laughs> exploding heart technique. Yes, but also, yes, yes, exactly. Even better. Uh, but no, uh, the, the quickest way to a, to a Bigfoot uh, is, is through the stomach. So I started the day off. I got up early and we made, um, I made fresh homemade biscuits with sausage oh. gravy. Oh, bacon. Lord. Yes. Wow, what a treat. Yes, and then I just we just finished eating a little bit ago. I made a um a Cajun risotto with like sausage and shrimp. Jeez. It was fantastic. It was like a Is she a gourmet? Yeah. Is she a right? home cook? Um yeah, I've been watching a lot of like the I've been watching a lot of Ina Garten YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. Which is basically just, you know, clips from her show. Yeah. And the thing I've always loved about Ina Garten is that she's the only uh, she's the only host that like religiously uses measuring spoons. <laughs> yeah, she she's does like seem a tablespoon always. of pepper, and she you know yeah, will yeah. actually use a tablespoon. Yeah, but you know that's the other thing though. It's like she'll say that, but it looks like she's using like a cup of pepper. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell my friends when they're cooking, it's like mm, measure like until you really have a feel for it. Because it's the thing if you've cooked for a long time, you know you could just easily. Yeah. You know, you you know what a teaspoon looks like. You know what a cup looks like. I mean, it gets easier, but it's like sometimes when you're watching cooking shows, it's like, well, it doesn't look like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's like a pound of salt they put on that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think some of it's for show, like so you can definitely see it. Yeah, exactly. You know? But anyways, so yeah, it was nice. I, um, you know, that's the thing. It's like he gets what he wants to eat, and I slowly clog those arteries. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just the long game. You know, this is this is the long con. Yeah, it's the long con. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I think, yeah, if we just keep doing this, if we keep eating like this for, you know, 10 years or so, it should be it should, my master plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is, is I eat all that shit, too. You know, it'd be one thing if I was just eating like a little salad and a soup while he ate all that. <laughs> but I'm going to die faster. That's what's going to happen. It didn't end well for the witch and Hansel and Gretel, just so you know. This is true. Uh, they have a new Gretel and Hansel film coming out. Yes, they yeah. do. A friend of mine was saying that they were going to go see it because Alice Creek, is that her last name? She was in Sleepwalkers as the mom, and she was also the Borg queen from Star Trek. Oh, okay. Um, Only know one of those things. Right. Um, and she just, uh, but she's playing the witch, I guess. And then um, the redhead girl, Sophie, she was in It. Um, no, I got nothing for you. No, but we saw It. Yeah, but so I don't the know main girl. Oh, okay, but you know you can I know who her. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember her name. But anyway, so uh, that's coming out, or is out. Uh, a friend of mine's going to go see that. Uh, so I'm curious. I'm really excited about this uh, Birds of Prey. Oh, yes. Uh, the a little Emancipation Harley Quinn. of or the Fantabulous 
Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or something. It's got like some other big title. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I've read some of the early reviews. They seem really good. I tried to get, I have DC Universe, so I tried to get in on uh, the early screenings. They were giving out passes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed it. So I'm on a waiting list. So I doubt it's going to happen. Oh. Yeah, boo. Hope you get in on the wait list. Yeah, it's okay if not. I think I'm going to go see it uh, the Sunday after it opens. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's there's the plans. Is this exciting? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> try and think. Horror related. We're uh, we are continuing to watch the new season of uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, I continue to be kind of underwhelmed by it. It just seems very like it's going towards more like Riverdale CW kinds of shows. You know, I really want The Craft and I want Suspiria and I'm getting like, yeah, Riverdale and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the TV you know, show Buffy. The I think Slayer. that it's supposed to be, I think that's its intention. Like yeah. it's, you know, I and I also just love, like that was one of my favorite episodes is the first chapter of the first season was like their monster of the week the monster that infects their dreams right uh, type thing yeah so. you definitely like that more i i want it to stay kind of darker but i i feel like you know i mean we'll see how it progresses because i've only seen a few episodes but i feel like they've like unqueered you know some of the characters they're kind of pulling back i don't know it's just like mm-hmm. some of the stuff is getting a little too well, watered down yeah, i need to finish the second season before i move on to season three so right. we'll see what happens yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see your opinion. Then again, I've only seen a few episodes, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the next couple of episodes, it gets a little more out there. But right now, I don't know. I've just been kind of disappointed in it. Uh, but otherwise, I haven't been watching a lot of other uh, horror stuff. <laughs> it's um, He's feeling very amorous, you know, with yes, it being Valentine's Day coming up. So he wants to get near you. Yeah. Uh, sorry, folks. The uh, the, the cat kitties. is attacking poor Joe. He's like, just kiss me. Just let me touch you. Let me crawl on your face. No consent. Hemlock. Consent. I know it's so rude. Cats. Yeah. Cats lack that an understanding of consent. Yeah, they really do. You know, they just sit on your. You know, sit on your face. Sit on your face <laughs> without asking. Um, they also really hate. When you do like this, how I'm holding him, <laughs> he, you know, he understands consent on the other side. <laughs> yes. Like, I do not want to be held this way. He's like, you have trapped me, sir. <laughs> Anyways, what else has been going on? Anything? Um, I've, you know, I've been rewatching uh, Will and Grace on Hulu. Oh, have you started the beginning rewatching, or do you just starting kinda... at the beginning okay. rewatching, um, and also finished the most recent season of Grace and Frankie? So cool. Um, yeah. I'm in the process right now of uh, showing uh, my guy the uh, the first like starting Grace and Frankie from the beginning, but I forgot that it was like that kind of coincided with the new season. So I went back. I went ahead and just like watched the new season on my right. own, and then we'll come back to it. Cool. Um, I watched uh, the first season over again, uh, like half of it the other day, just kind of letting it play while I was doing other things. So I, because I, I want to get back into it, I, I didn't continue with it. I watched the first two or three seasons and then kind of uh-huh. dropped it, which I'm not too like, you know, I mean, I, I love that I can now can go back and I have the whole thing and I don't, you know, it'll be over. Um, and then by the time I probably really finish it, because <laughs> I know they're, they're doing one more season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably won't have time to finish it before that comes out. So. Just re- starting a rewatch, doing it a little bit here and there. Um, I'm almost finished with my nurse, nurse Jackie. 
rewatch, which has been ongoing over the last few episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I am in the final season of that. Um, what else? There was something else I was thinking of, and now I've forgotten it. Darn. Well, whatever. But Grace and Frankie, yes. I'm, yes, I'm for that. Grace and Frankie, Will and Grace. And I. it's interesting with Grace and Frankie specifically because you have uh, – you have like it's a very clear vision of what the show is, and then as like they you know accept <laughs> the the initial shock of like you know the reveal of Saul and Robert, right? As that's become more accepted, um, moving into the different storylines that they can tackle, which has been really interesting, especially yeah. from the Robert Saul stuff, uh, which you know interests me more. Um, than uh, sometimes more than what's going on with Grace and Frankie specifically. Hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Robert and Saul stuff, the stuff with the kids. Yeah. All of that stuff is like what I'm really like what I really am looking for now in the as the season moves on. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, man. Hardly anything horror related. I know. <laughs> so, Joshua, you were saying that this. Uh, This next, like, unit (laughs) is Tainted Love, right? Yeah, we're going to watch some uh, movies that focus on that. You know, what does what does horror like to say about love? Now, we've watched a lot of great movies, so you can go back and listen to um, – because I used to host a, a Bloody Valentine party every year. So I did that for a few years. And then we were just hosting, like, so many parties that were, like, horror-themed that <laughs> we kind of started taking off, you know, years. So we have I haven't done it in, in, in a few years, but I should bring it back. But anyways, we used to show, like, audition, um, you know, high tension, you know, movies that kind of – you know they're horror, but they have like a a relationship at the center of them. Uh, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun to explore that, and uh, we're gonna dive into some classics. You know, like My Bloody Valentine, which just yeah. got a, um, I believe, a re-release on Blu-ray Ooh. from Shout Factory, maybe. Um, so I'm looking for that, so that we'll we'll have that to watch. That's exciting. Um, and at the end of this unit, there'll be a new film out with Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. And we're going to have a special guest to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to take a little field trip. Yes, we'll take a field trip, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, Because you and your boyfriend keep going to all the movies before you and I get a chance. We haven't been to a horror movie in a while because I did say, like, okay, we need to to now create the content. Um, I need to save that. There's some things that are sacred between you and I, Joshua. Um... And Good, because I'm not going to get naked with you. You guys can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> the horror movies are mine, and your boyfriend just has to accept that, okay? Yeah. And then um, he can come if he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. can come and join us, but can't yeah. just be the two of you. We, no. need, we need to keep that bond sacred. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's like Fright School by distance like a distance learning program exactly. like exactly. fright school online or yeah it's you know so how fun. like when you're when you're with someone who's learning things you are by associ- like by osmosis also learning those things yeah. and so and i also think that he likes to come over and watch just because then he like can really understand the conversation yeah yeah absolutely very cool yes so um Shout out to listener Emily, who took my uh, Netflix suggestion for Black Spot. <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, she posted on our on our page about that, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, you know, people are listening, and we, we really appreciate that. We love that you're out there listening 
sharing the in meme your ear balls and your eye holes. Yeah, yeah, and I'll take you know another uh, opportunity to uh, you know shout out to Brian and all the hard work he does on our social. Our so-smeeds. Our so-smeeds. Because <laughs> uh, he does come up with a lot of cool stuff. And I have people who, it's so funny, it's like people don't that don't listen to the show, but they're like, I love your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have friends who Which share. Which, that's awesome. I, I have that. friends who share a lot of our stuff on our social, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, but do you listen? Right, like, right. You, cause, like but it's okay. There's, yeah. They're sharing us out there, and people it's are fine. finding us. Yeah, it's you know? totally fine. They're finding us organically. I don't have to buy anybody. No. <laughs> you know, we have we have likes that are organic, organic, organic likes. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, you know we're Californian. We're all about yeah, those organic. No likes. Russian bots. No that's, Russian bots. That's so exciting. Um, and shout yeah. out to uh, Ashley on our you know our our little street team um, who was with us when we watched uh, this film that we're yeah. going to talk about. And um, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, the, I'm really excited for this conversation that we're about to have. So. I know. It's just going to be very interesting. Um, yes. So we'll take a quick break, and we will be back with the just fantastic Erlinger Tarantzen and we, his yes. film Rift. Saturday, February 29th. Throw on your bloody black tie best and join Dark Hills Gaming for a night of dancing, drinking, and horror. All in the name of charity. Proceeds from the Bloody Valentine Ball will go to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The ball will be a gore-filled gala that will immerse you in a horror-themed high school dance, complete with prom pictures, interactive events, and a horror memorabilia auction. Two lucky guests will be voted Horror King and Queen, complete with full carry treatment. There will be a bloody bar, so bring cash and your ID. This is a 21-plus only event. Buy your ticket now at darkhillsgaming.com and help us support the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Hey everybody, it's Joe here. Thank you so much for listening to Fright School. If you are enjoying Joshua's continued efforts to scare the living daylights out of me, please take a moment to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts soundcloud or your favorite podcatcher and please tell all your friends about us get in on the conversation by following fright school on facebook twitter and instagram want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode want to be a student want to submit a film for consideration got a question or more likely a correction for joshua shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com thanks and enjoy the show We're back. All right. So we are so excited to once again welcome Erlinger Toratsen here with us in the West Craven Memorial Library. Bookmobile. Bookmobile. <laughs> it's what we call the office where we, my office is the West Craven Memorial Library. We probably didn't clarify it. that earlier. Just, um, <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Yay. And so very, very excited because we are going to talk about all about Erlinger's film Rift from 2017, written and directed by you. Yes. Yay. Edited by and you. Edited by me, produced yeah. by me. Yes. A lot of stuff that I did on that movie. We, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it was great. I, well, you're, you'll do. I your, don't even need to ask the question. No, no. Let you talk, I, I just want to go right into it. I'm just. <laughs> I. I. I really enjoyed this, and I really. I was like, this is a film 
that you would show people. One, I love it when the landscape and the setting and, and the setting and the location of a film um, is its own character. Like yeah, there, there are a absolutely. lot of movies that take place in San Francisco that I'm like, San Francisco is the extra character in this. And yes. so for this film, I thought that like, you're the, not, you're not going to talk about New York and your feelings. On <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I kind of hate films I, I know, that are about New York, New York. <laughs> but like San Francisco specifically, like the other sister with Diane Keaton and uh, Juliette Lewis, like San Francisco plays a huge part in that. And without people really knowing um, the Wedding Planner. I'm naming romantic comedies. Joshua's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I've seen The Other Sister. Oh, well, c- yeah, because it has Diane Keaton in it. <laughs> uh, no, because it has Juliette Lewis in it. Ah, love Juliette Lewis. Yes. yes, true. Not to take anything away, but, but that is why I saw the movie. <laughs> and I felt like with this, I was like, okay, I I get, I get, really get the, the sense and the feeling of what it would be like to be there. And it really put me in that place. And I was just kind of, I was just kind of goosebumps tingling the entire time. It was just really unsettling, and and those kinds of movies that play with, um, that play with what's real and what's not really uh, get to me, like really affect me. I don't like movies where someone's in, a, in, an, in an asylum and they're telling them I'm not crazy, or you're trying to figure out what's real, what isn't, what's imaginary. Like I. That was one thing I had with Audition. When we watched Audition, it was just like, I, is this, are we supposed to believe that this fever dream is actually what's happening? He's getting a premonition. And I thought that this film is another one of those ways, but it, it was just, it was, a, it was a joy to experience. And the whole time we're just kind of like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> but also in that, like, we just wrapped the entire time. Awesome. Thank so, you very much. Yeah, I'm very yeah. happy to hear that. Thank you. Uh, probably should have started with this. Uh, but uh, so the film Rift is about um, is Einar, 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 yeah, Einar, Einar, and Gunnar, Gunnar, yeah, Gunnar, um, and which and I love because like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Same name. Yeah, um, he's, he's from anyways, Iceland. Anyways, just the, oh. yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's that's lovely. I didn't know if that was intentional, like in any way. Um, a reference, but I not just, really, no, but um, no, no, <laughs> all right. Well, great, either way, I just, it's not you know, canon. Um, dear listener, because you've listened to our Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know that that's the real life Leatherface, of course. Uh, but anyway, so these two gentlemen have had a breakup, and uh, one night after you know several months of their breakup, Einar reaches out to Gunnar and, uh, and says he's got to come see him out in this isolated cabin, and um, as usual, hilarity ensues. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a qu- question: the so the name of the cabin, yes, is um, Rakur, Ra- which is the name, which of, the the name film. of the movie. Yes, it, is that is that a direct translation? Uh, no. So um, Rakur, the word Rakur means twilight, and ah. uh, that's why we didn't call it twilight. Uh, because it was kind of taken. <laughs> um, it would have been the better one, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, so it, it, that kind of, uh, it, yeah, it's it, it means that, like, time between day and night, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of weird light. And that's, that's you know, I, that's kind of, the film is set um, at, right before Christmas, which is kind of the darkest time of the year in Iceland, where it never is fully bright. It's always kind of, dusky so that's that's where the name came from the icelandic name and yeah. that's also the name of the cabin is, yes is right. that because i know that with you know it's 
customary in a lot of cultures to just name places and have that be the place where they go. Yes. Is that also something, do people name their cabins? Yeah, a lot often? of cabins are, and, and this would, would be, it's not a stretch for a cabin to be called something like this. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, especially like these kind of cabins in the middle of nowhere, they, they have names. So that's like a boat or something? Kind of like a boat, yeah. Yeah, because if it's like you're just like you would take your boat out for vacation, you can come to this cabin for vacation and, you know, never. Yeah, Uh, these are very common, like these houses in Iceland, um, these like little cabins. We call them like summer, summer houses, basically. uh, And people go there usually in the summer. So that's also why it was um, it was kind of a, a twist on that, that they are there during the winter where when nobody should be in the area. Huh. I, you know, I never named, like, a space until I moved to San Diego because we have a friend who always names, and then he named, like, other people's houses. Yeah. You know, so they had, like, their cosmic roadhouse was what they called their house, and then there was the Queers Next Door, which was the house next door, and then they named our place um, uh, where the the Loknar Nest from um, Heavy Metal. Okay. Like the, the, it's all evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Loknar. So I don't know. I just think that I don't know why. I'm just injecting a personal story here. <laughs> yes, I had a friend who so called her. her she called her studio apartment uh, the Gray Tooth. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just you know, it's it's one of those things. So, so Did you refer to this as anything you'd like to share? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I used my 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 apartment, like my, my first apartment that I lived by myself in um, in Reykjavik. I used to call the Falcon. Um, just because the street it was on was like Falcon Street. I mean, so that's like kind of a lame, you know. Nice. Hey, that's, that's, that's all right. That's, that's a pretty, that's <laughs> a pretty rad name for your first place. It kind of, yeah, it kind yeah. of is. But I haven't, I haven't, like, that is a tradition that I've not kept up. So maybe I should find a name to um, this place that I live in now. Awesome. All right. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you. Can. So for so for our, in, for our listeners and for our listeners in Iceland, it's uh, Rokur. Rokur. Yeah. Rokur. Rokur. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's chat then a little bit about the, sort of like the uh, genesis for your film, and uh, which I, I know you've talked, about, you know, in interviews and things like that. But for our our, our dear listener here, yes, um, if you'll chat a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, it kind of like the this film came to be. Um, it kind of came from a bad place and a bad situation. Um, so um, I had made my first feature called Child Eater, and. Uh, that we had shot that film and it was you know we were in post-production and when i say we you know it's just like me and my two producers um because there was no we didn't really have any like backing so we were kind of you know getting everything done and things were just taking forever uh and i was living um in new york at the time and uh i was also you know going through a breakup at the time so I was having a situation where, like, the film that I had just made, like, it wasn't getting ready, and, like, it didn't seem like anybody was interested in, like, you know, seeing it. We had sent, like, rough cuts to festivals, and, like, nobody wanted it, um, and I'm going through this breakup, and then I have the situation where I, I kind of had to leave New York for a few months, and I had to go back to Iceland, and uh, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving New York. I, have, I don't even have my film ready. Like, I have nothing. I'm going through this breakup. Like, I, I was feeling, like, very kind of down and you know, depressed. Um, and, uh, so I show up home in Iceland and, um, you know, and I have like a very supportive family and, you know, I think we were just like talking like, so, you know, 
you know, what can you do? Like, what can we do? And and they were just like, you know, why don't you just like do something, you know, do another movie, write another movie. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to write a movie. I'm going to make a movie. Um, and I'm just going to do something that I can do by myself, you know, two characters, one location. And I'm going to shoot it in Iceland. And, you know, I'm just going to like while I'm waiting for this other movie to be finished, I'm just going to make this new one. Um, and uh, that's kind of the genesis. Like I was trying to figure out, OK, what can I do with two characters in one location? And then I was like, because I'm going through this breakup what if it's you know a, yeah. a couple like an ex-couple that um is going through kind of the, those similar emotions um and i already had an idea like you know it's you know i have a bunch of you know unfinished concepts and ideas you know and like you know a quote-unquote drawer you know like a folder in my in my laptop um and one of those ideas was um you know it was i think it was just basically like people you know, in a house in the middle of nowhere, and there's, like, this, like, a strange thing that's out there. It's, like, not necessarily a ghost. It's just, like, something that kind of comes, like, knocking on the door. And that was the entire concept. Um, and I was like, okay, what if, you know, those people are these two guys, and they just had a breakup. Someone comes knocking on the door, and, um, you know, what, what could happen next? Um, and that's kind of how it all, the ball start, started rolling. And, uh, and I... I'm telling my family, like, this is the idea. This is what I'm thinking about writing. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know, you should probably, like, you know, go up to um, Snifelessness, which is um, the place where we ended up shooting. Um, like, those those buildings, those abandoned buildings that they go to in the film, my mom actually grew up there, oh, like, in wow. those buildings. Um, and I ha I knew about them. It was, like, you know, one of those things that I had heard about so many times when I was growing up, um, because you know my, you know my my mom and my grandparents would talk about that place, but I'd never been there. I'd never gone there. Um, but I was like explaining to them what the um, you know the concept of the film was, and they were like, "Oh, this sounds like you know that location could be perfect." So I went there. I did like a, a scout. You know, I just drove out there to look at everything, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the film just kind of like you know all the blank spots that I had. They just." started filling in once i got there oh that's cool so the space itself it just inspired like, exactly very cool and yeah. uh for ashley because we know she's listening um where was it again so it's so the it's a peninsula it's called snifelsnes but um more specifically the the closest the like the little town that you know they they walk around in it's called hatlis samtur um so yeah that's and it's and what it's part of iceland it's in the it? southwest okay so it's like, or like northwest. It's like it, it kind of like it's like this peninsula that sticks out of the island. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and there's you know that glacier, like mountain, yeah. like behind the cabin. It's also a volcano. Um, that's where uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, the Jules Verne uh, story, that's set there. Like that's oh. where they go down to like go to the center of the earth. Very cool. Um, so, um, and it's like an area that has a reputation of being like scary and creepy and people go missing there and uh, there's like a strange energy in the ground and, you know, so it just, everything just felt perfect. And, and because my family had a little bit of connection to that area, we, you know, they knew people that still lived out there. So we got with, they were able to help kind of, you know, 
get, you know, like the cabin that we shot in, those are my grandparents' friends. They own that cabin. So we got to shoot there for free. And, you know, oh, like all awesome. those things, you know. That's so sweet. What a great way for your family to, like, help you through this no, yeah, cabin. No, yeah, it was really <laughs> amazing. And, like, and so, yeah, I, I w- this was, like, in October 2016 that I, I went home and was, like, decided to make this movie. And we shot it in March of 2017. So, like, wow. in, what, five, like, a span of, like, five, six months um, it got written and then made, and it was made by you know it was just it was there was like ten people in the crew and the actors and it was like so small and so you know intimate. You know? Well, again, amazing that you know in, in, in such like threadbare you know production that it's I mean it's just so fully realized um, and gorgeous. Um, was it always going to be two guys right from right from the beginning? Yeah, that was always going to be yeah. From the get-go, it was... I, and I wanted it to be gay. Like, yeah. uh, there was something in me, like... You know, because Child Eater is very... There's no nothing, like, explicitly queer about it. You, I, we could talk about, like, you know, like, themes or, like, under underpinning things that are, like, maybe queer. But, like... But I wanted to do something that was just, like, gay, you know? And, yeah, um, yeah. and so I always wanted the couple to be, like, like you know, two guys... Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think I was reading, uh, I was trying to find, because I, I, I printed this interview that you had been in that had lots of, uh, th- that you had done with uh, Bloody Disgusting, mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic Fest, um, that you, you talked about there wasn't many, like, representations in Icelandic yes, films yes. about, like, queer I- experiences. Uh, I'm just curious, like, are, were there any, fr- like, what was the, like, what, or what 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 exists in Iceland that like how how were queer people presented to you like growing up or what films like I'm just curious about explaining that particular quote about like yeah needing an adult queer relationship in film yeah there I for like there were two movies and I think there were only two I think I'm not forgetting anything like only two movies that had come out um, in Iceland where, like, there were, like, explicitly queer characters. And one of them is called 101 Reykjavik, where, like, the main character's mother is, um, is, uh, yeah, the main character's mother, like, comes out as a lesbian. But she, but she's, like, a supporting character. Um, and then there's a movie called, um, I'm not quite sure what it's called in English, but it's, like, called Strákarnir Okkar. It's, like, a it's about like a gay soccer team in Iceland, and it's like so incredibly like offensive. <laughs> it's like terribly offensive, and it's like it's basically like it's the it's a joke, you know. It's like uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's like straight. It's a bunch of straight guys that wrote a movie like what's funny like gay guys playing soccer. I mean, it's like right. ugh, it's terrible. Even though there's some like killer like soccer players that are queer. <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Like, yeah. Smash yeah, yeah. So those were the only two films. Um, that I was aware of, and I th- I'm pretty sure, like, there aren't any others um, that had queer characters. And, what you know, like I said, one of them was kind of offensive. Well, not kind of, it was like very offensive. Uh, and the other one was, you know, it was more of, like, a side story. Um, and I just felt like, you know, it's, you know, at the time, it's, like, 2016, 2017. There's time we we should have a story, you know, of our own. Iceland has always been kind of on the, at the forefront of... Uh, like gay rights and, and civil rights. Um, so it didn't make any sense to me that like there wasn't more. 
Well, you know, and I'm actually kind of curious about that because this isn't something that I know much about. Um, you know, before we uh, started recording, you know, Joe said, you know, Joshua is a, a fan of like Nordic culture, mm-hmm. yes. Scandinavia, which is true. I, I, you know, I almost all of my favorite films, favorite books, favorite music is all like Swedish, Scandinavia. You know, there's just something incredible about the pop music that's created in that yes. part of the world. Swedish pop um, music. That's oh infused. Absolutely. And even beyond like ABBA, obviously, but you know, things like Fever Ray or Cardinals. Nikki and the Dove or, yeah. yeah. You, but, but I mean, there's something about like that gets infused with this, I don't know, like, like gothicness, yeah, and in a melancholy pop music, yeah, yes, yeah. melancholy, exactly, yeah, precisely. You know, so it's like, yes, I'm very much a lover of like that feel and this, like, you know, um, the way that like mythology in that part of the world gets infused into culture in very interesting ways. Um, but I'm not too. I think because it's that it's like it's um, it's kind of like a form of like um, inclusionary racism, you know, where it's like I really love that part of the world and it's very interesting. So it's like you know you. I, I can see where I might hold it up a little bit higher and not be entirely aware mm-hmm. of, like, what might actually be happening. Like, like in the sense of, like, talk about, I like a lot of French stuff, but there's massive Islamophobia in France oh, yeah, and yeah. major issues with, um, with, with their politics, you know, whereas, like, I'm not as aware because I think of Iceland or Sweden as these places that are very advanced and very, you know, so I'm curious about the queer experience there then. Yeah. Like, um, how was your? When did you come out? How was your? You know, to take a complete break from rape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all. It's Are you all asking connected. Erlinger to speak for all Icelandic gay no, people? No, no. But I'm <laughs> curious about your personal experience and why this yeah. film needs to be made and why a film yeah. like the soccer movie could be made. If you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, what so you think? Iceland was. Um, I think. I think it was one of the first. I mean, it definitely was one of the first countries to legalize gay marriage back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had like. Iceland, everything is very extreme in Iceland. Like we, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, I think it was, those are bad times to be gay. Like you could, you know, people got fired for being gay. People, you know, were kind of, people left the the island and like moved somewhere else because, you know, uh, the discourse was just like very negative. But it changed super suddenly, super quickly. Uh, And I think because it's such a small place that it's like, it's, it's a place where thing change is able to happen quickly if the right people are kind of speaking on your behalf. Uh, and thankfully, um, we had a, a very strong like grassroots movement, like you know queer um, rights movement that became just louder and louder and louder. Um, and um, eventually, like politicians started you know coming on board. Um, and so in the nineties, um, like these laws got past where like um marriage you know we, we were able to get married um our pride parade started like growing and becoming very popular um internationally so you know when we call it like we have this you know the biggest small pride in the world right <laughs> um we're like we have like a hundred thousand people like show up and there's only three hundred and fifty thousand people that live in iceland you know wow. um so um, yes, ever since, like, I would say, like, the mid-90s and up until today, we've had, like, a very progressive, you know, good, um, yeah, like, it's it's been a good time for, for queer people in Iceland. And, like, right now, like, the battle that we're, uh, like, you know, waging is, like, for, you know, trans people and, like, intersex people and, and, and these, you know, smaller, like, groups within the queer umbrella um, right. because uh, f- 
you know, like the, the way we look at it, like the, the gays and the lesbians, we've kind of like, we've had it pretty good for the you know, last few years. So, you know, now it's time to, to fight for the others. Um, and because of all of, you know, and I, I used to be very active in the, um, like the queer community. Like I, I used to work for the, the pride, you know, um, the gay pride in, in Reykjavik. I used to work for like the, our LGBT center, you know, like doing like youth outreach and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I felt like, you know, I saw a lot of queer representation in literature, um, but not in movies. And being, like, a movie person, I was like, I don't, you know, I want more. Like, uh, and if if I want more, then, like, maybe I need to make it happen. Like, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to make it happen. I just need to, like, go, go ahead and make it happen myself. And interestingly, like... The, around the same time that I made Rift, two other movies came out, um, like either the same year or the year after that, had that were more like explicitly queer and much more like sensitive and much more like um, like dealt with these matters in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, definitely there was I wasn't the only one. Like, definitely like a tide had turned um, because, and I think it a lot of it has to do with, you know. Um, not a lot of films get made in Iceland in general, and most of those movies are made by straight people. So now that like queer people are making movies themselves, the stories that we choose to tell are you know are more likely to be stories about people like us. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that kind of answer is exactly what I was because cu- I was curious about it either is it because it's such like a non-issue that it almost like erases, beca- or is it just a function of you know, because it's like here, because we are still constantly in conversation about like queer rights and and whether or not gay, you know, queer people are humans. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this need to make very explicit content as you know, as like uh, sometimes as a political you yes. know statement or just as a you know as a survival mechanism or 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 shock even still you know to to make you know very out there queer stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, so it's like I was just curious about like how the function is. Uh, you know. The, you know, living there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think definitely that has something to do with it. Like, there isn't that need to kind of, like, do, like, that overtly political queer film because we're we're not fighting for, right. like, to be seen anymore, not not in that the same way. Even though I feel like the fight, there's always a fight. You always yeah, have to yeah, yeah. be on guard and you always have to kind of, you can't, like, let your guard down because there's, there's always people that want you gone, you know? Um... But, um, but at the same time, you know, like making something that isn't necessarily political, isn't necessarily about like coming out of the closet, or isn't about, you know, isn't about AIDS. Like, there's a lot of other, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other types of gay stories yeah. um, that I feel like, like I wanted to tell, and I, I, I knew other people wanted to tell, and they just were not being told. Um, so that was one of the reasons also why, I, like, I felt very strongly that, like, for Rift, these had to be um, gay characters. And look at that, bringing it right back in. Thank exactly. you. Did that yes, for you. Yes. So right back to Rift. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for answering that and for uh, speaking to that because that is that's very fascinating to me. Um, all right. So <laughs> back to Rift. Joe, do you want to say something? It's just <laughs> – it's, it's interesting because, like, we were talking about in the previous episode that, you know, the more the – more 
the more personal you are, the more universal yes. you become. And so in this particular way, this this film, which is bred out of like an intense sense of loss and grief, it it, it felt very personal and it felt and I and I was like, you know, we were we were talking about how like this is very much a queer story, but it's not anything that people couldn't relate to like yeah. regular cis het people could, could Regu- relate normal to. people like you know the yeah. you know, the normies those you the know, locals the local the locals yes they there's nothing that they couldn't relate to either yeah. and Absolutely. and in it's a story that also could be very much like you could switch around a few details but it could be easily two women it could be easily right a man uh, and a woman, a man and a yeah. woman. it could it, it's very well could be either of those um my my question to you, and, and please feel free to to not answer it either, is that in the context of the of the film, do you identify as more uh, Gunnar or more Einar? Einar. Um, it's actually fun. I remember having a conversation. I think it was even on set, like maybe the first day or something. Uh, and the actors were like asking me, like, "So which one are you? Are you Gunnar <laughs> or are you Einar?" <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. What, what do you think? And my sister, my sister was a costume designer in the movie. This yes, is like yes. A, a family affair, all of it. Um, Very cool. But my sister was like, um, I think you are Gunnar. And I was like, maybe. But I think I, I think I'm both. It's definitely when I was writing, because I feel like what, what I was going through, like with the breakup and everything, I was going through a lot of like having conversations in my head, like these are the things that I wish I would have said, or these are the things that, like, I think, you know, like, what, that thing when, when you're not talking to someone, but you're, like, imagining a conversation. Mm-hmm. So both of the voices are your voice, even though you're, like, trying to kind of anticipate what they would say. Uh, and I just wanted to get, I needed to get that out of my head. So a lot of that dialogue, like, ended up being, like, their dialogue in the movie. Um, but in, yeah, in a way, like, I feel like they're both, me in a way and neither one of them is me also in a way like certain things you know you have to have that creative distance yeah yeah Yeah, you you know and like it's actually funny like i was talking to you know not to go like not to go tmi but like i i I met an ex of mine not not the ex that inspired (laughs) this Mm -hmm. movie but uh, i met an ex of mine by the way (laughs) (laughs) um and he was um we were talking about midnight kiss uh and he hadn't watched it yet and he doesn't like horror movies. Uh, of course. And uh, <laughs> that's why he's an ex. Yes. <laughs> but he was saying like, and I'm also like, you know, I'm afraid to watch it because it's a horror movie. And he was like also, and I'm afraid to watch it because I, I don't want to see me in the film. Like, I don't want you to have written me uh, into the movie. And I was like, no, 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 of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. Like, and also like, if I, even if I did, I don't know if you would even recognize, like, I feel like the way you, we see each ourselves is, very different from like how other people see us yeah. like i don't necessarily think people recognize when when you put them like into something um because or it's they your, think it's somebody else because it's or, your yeah. perception of it and it's not necessarily it, yeah yeah and it might be also like there might be a trait of yours that you put into a character or like yeah you know like something you know something you said or like an action you did you know i feel like it's very rare that like one character equals one person like whole you know wholesale um so you you're always adding things like the 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 story the narrative like demands certain things to happen 
and then the character will change. Like it's not it maybe started as me or started as him or something, but then it it evolves into something else. And you know, so that's yeah, it's like a very roundabout way of saying like I'm not quite sure which one I am. I'm a little bit of both, I think. That makes sense as a creative, yeah. Also, quite presumptive that he thought that he was going to be in the film. <laughs> right, I know, I know. <laughs> it was like, oh, I, I did. You, you think I cared that much that you? Were <laughs> yeah, you're the first but one. Now, you're, but now you're Ryan because he's gone right, right away. Exactly. <laughs> but now I'm terrified that he's going to watch it and then be like, "Wait, am I Joel?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, no, you're you're Hannah. You're Hannah. You, yeah, yeah exactly. that's the safe. Uh, you're you're you're, you're Hannah. Yes. You're supportive. Do you know if the ex? That it is inspired by has seen it and reached out to you. Has seen Rift? Yeah. Rift. Um, Sorry. I don't know if he has seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. You're not communicative in that. Uh, no, not really. You okay. Know? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. It's, just yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, just curious if you you know. <laughs> he might have seen it. If he has seen it, he hasn't told me. But I don't know if he would even catch. Yeah. The yeah because it's, it's about him. I, I feel like it's a very, it, I like. I also just love people in rooms talking and, mm-hmm. you know, I love Aaron Sorkin, which is all people in rooms talking, Amy Sherman Palladino, people in rooms talking. Yes. And for this, it's just, you're like isolated and trapped and like it, he's also put himself there mm-hmm. and his not, he can leave at any time, but he is not leaving. Gonna. Yeah. Right. He's, and to see them kind of rehash the things of their relationship and to get the answers to questions that they didn't get when they were together is fascinating. And, and, closure. It, and there's a lot of the closure there. And, you know, I've, cause I, I have had that experience where you see someone after a long of enough time, like years or for me, it was years, a years had passed. And then to see him again and to tell him things and to apologize for things that you realize later were, how you contributed to the to the end of it, yeah, uh, to the rift, <laughs> you know, see what I did there, um, and I thought that was really, really interesting to see just these two men have like a really honest conversation and to to really want to go there um, right. in that way, um, yeah, that was those parts with them were just really beautiful, right, thank you, I also like one of the things that I really wanted to kind of like explore in that whole like in their relationship is that idea of like like knowing that you're not really supposed to be together even though like you still have feelings for someone it's like that tricky thing of like it could have lasted maybe a little bit longer but like probably it would not have it 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 wasn't meant to be even though you know parts of it felt right you know right so which is a very kind of it's a very difficult thing to like experience and also like difficult to kind of, you know, put into like in movies. Like I feel like we're so used to things being very like black and white and this is such a great, all of the, all of what they're going through, I feel like it's such a gray zone. So, um, yeah, it was, it was tricky to like write, but like it was also very, you know, cathartic to just like put it all out there. No, yeah, absolutely. But I think, I, you know, I think, again, that is sort of what makes it universal because I think, you know, there's always that period after you have a break. Well, I mean, I should speak for my own experiences that I've had where, you know, I've, you know, you break up with somebody, but 
and you get together and you have sex and you know or whatever you know like because it's like there it's just like things it's it's murky you know yeah, and it's, it's very like murky, you know yeah. I mean at least for me there's been lots of people where it's like wow we have a lot of fun in the bedroom and then nothing else so it's like yeah. you want to keep like that part or you know as one example or like we do have really intense like great conversations but other parts of our relationship are bad or you know we bought concert tickets. Or <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, but you know, not the, the yeah. There's like, I feel like there's always feelings. Like the yeah. feelings don't necessarily go no, away. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, yeah, there's an it's such an intensity there, especially yeah. if it's like you know long. You know, if you feel like you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's like you know, I've been in the same relationship for twelve years, and it's like imagining not being and having to relearn another person and have that person relearn uh, learn me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like it's terrifying <laughs> to me. I know. So hopefully that you know, but anyways, it's just you know. I, I just the you know this is scene where um, Gunnar is making the bed in the guest bedroom and Einar's telling yeah. him it's just like you know I've seen you you know you're sleeping in this bed and I've seen you naked like we have for hundreds of days and hundreds yeah, we slept in the same bed. we've slept in the same bed and it's just so strange that you're here in this guest bedroom and yeah and to just to oh, say it because so like we're all thinking it and yeah. he's you know it's. He's there trying to have some, you know, to have that distance because he was the one who left. Yeah. And feeling the guilt from that. Um, and seeing, like, the obvious chemistry that they have with each other was also really great. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the That's neighbor. True. They did. Have yeah. I want to talk about the neighbor. Okay. Because yes. I just love any in any horror situation where you have, uh, you know, the friendly, the female, like, neighbor character who comes in is just like checking on you yeah um and i uh, i i initially thought that he was we were gonna see her die okay um on the road or in some way shape or form see her die and i also thought that when they're out there looking for einar um in the film i had a feeling that maybe they would pass the guy again like everything that's happening on that road is all happening at the same time. So no matter what, you will always see that person's car break down and the hitchhiker on the road. Right? Oh, on the road, so creepy. <laughs> Good imagery. And the it was so um, a couple of years ago, I had buddies go to. Uh, they took a trip to Iceland and they took it in December, and they were driving, and it looked like they were driving on that same road because they filmed. Um, they're environmentalists, so they were filming. Uh, the storm that they found themselves in because okay. there was this really nasty like winter storm yeah. that was coming through and they were just dry. It looked like they were driving right to it. And I was just like, wow, like this looks like it's that particular road in, in, um, in the, in their, in their little, you know, YouTube videos and seeing it here on the, the, you know, on the, on the big screen, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, it was just like the vastness and the the the, the flat desolation yeah. of the of the landscape. You really feel like you're like nowhere. You know, it's yeah. it's very bizarre to be out there sometimes. In the like because there's nothing close by. There's no light source. It's just dark and dark and dark. And you just have these like little reflective la- lamp posts. You know, um, that's the only thing that kind of tells you that you're on the road, on basically. The road. Wow. Yeah. Um, did you have more to say on the neighbor person? No, I, I just thought that she was going to die. And, <laughs> and I thought that was a very, I thought it was. Because she's like the chef or the cook in The Shining. Yeah, you yeah. Know, she's like this she's person that's out there. there you know, to add like texture. And I thought that it was very, 
it was a very good narrative wise. It's like you know she only ever interacts with Gunnar and never with Einar. With Einar, yeah. yeah. And it played with uh, when we were we were talking a little bit about um, it at the end. I was like, does she? It, I I so just to completely spoil it. I initially thought that it was all in his head. Mm-hmm. Like it's all in Gunnar's head that he somehow ended up there. And I thought he was the one who would have been who killed him, and that he's just repressed the memory and is now finding out, um, now f- uh, experiencing it and seeing it's like what's a going guilt. On. Yeah, it's a guilt. He repressed out it out of guilt, yeah. and now he's back there, and the he's remembering things, but it's different how he's remembering things, right. and to have those situations with the with the with the neighbor and her ponies and. <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, this is really cute little ponies. Though that part of the narrative was really great to make you feel uncomfortable because it's like we can we know that obviously he's not there, but we don't know in what way he's not there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know that for me because like you know it's like I have this like radical empathy. So like you know you watch these films that I immediately think about being in them. So like seeing her and then sometimes seeing the houses in the background made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's something, there's like something over there. Something. Like we can yeah. run over there, you know? <laughs> um, I, um, okay. So just to talk like again about like the style of the film and, and maybe some of the um, visual on the show, we like to, you know, um, think of like horror and the way kind of it feeds it into itself. And, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe some of this is like really left, you know, field and you're like, no, I didn't watch that at all. I think about that at all. Or maybe it is, you know? So, um, I think, um, Hitchcock, very Hitchcock, this whole movie, like even the way it's like scored, which who did the music? Cause Oh my gosh, the music is incredible. Oh, great. Dude, the Thank whole you. thing. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. So, um, my friend, uh, he's an Icelandic composer. His name is Einar, like the character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Einar he, um, he also did child eater. Um, okay. and he did, the both my shorts like both of my uh graduating shorts um i was wondering if they're the same because the child eater score also is is wonderful thank you you. it's a whole other character yeah he's he's very talented i i love working with him and he's very um um he's he i'll just give him like a rough cut and be like you know tell him a little bit like this is you know what i'm going for and then like a week later it's like here's the score (laughs) you know um but he's he's fantastic. I, I'm very happy to hear that. Thanks. Yeah. So, the um, just the way, and then some of like the long shots or like him driving and pulling up and kind of walking around an area, and you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just in some of like the critiques I've read of of the film that something comes up where people are like, oh, maybe it could have been edited more, or edited down. I'm like, no, because that like gives it this whole vibe yeah. of like mm-hmm. desolation and loneliness, and you know. It just adds this whole other visual, you know, without dialogue. I don't know. It just, it, it, yeah, definitely Hitchcock. So I don't know if there's yeah. anything in that canon that you were. No, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I wouldn't say necessarily any one specific Hitchcock film, but yeah. like, definitely like that, um, you know, being very kind of precise about how to, you know, the movement of the camera and trying to like motivate it in, in, um, in whatever is like kind of going on emotionally with the characters, like that's I feel like that's you know Hitchcock's kind of legacy, like yeah, you yeah. know using the camera for like an emotional or like um, 
whatever he's trying to like make you feel like he uses camera very specifically to get get that feeling across all the shots are intentional they're all there to evoke specific emotions exactly yeah. yeah so definitely like that was um that was um on my mind um also you know like it's it's also interesting how things you know how um how the um like necessity kind of becomes the the style of the film because you know we shot this in what 15 days which is like a very very short amount of time to shoot anything so every single scene was mapped out very meticulously um and all the camera like all the camera setups even though like a certain scene might look like it has like i don't know whatever like 10 setups it probably was only two but like we moved the camera in a way where like we could get like as much as we needed out of each setup so we didn't have to like move the camera you know like okay. cut and move the camera so um i think that also like because i knew that if we were gonna if i if i wanted all the shots that i needed i needed to like have either you know that kind of languid precise movement or like very static so that also kind of becomes the style just because like in order to make the movie happen like that's how it needs to be done but it it all fits together yeah no it contributes a lot to the visual language of the film especially like this you know sort of the stagnant you know of them like kind of trapped in this space you know yeah yeah i I don't know there's one shot that i could i just keep like thinking about it and i thought about it since we watched it and you know where um Gunnar is standing kind of in the frame and it, you know it just stays there on him and all of a sudden Einar just steps out from behind him. Right, right, right. And it is so like it's like he stepped out of thin air. Nowhere. Like you don't yeah. see him approaching, you don't I mean it's just it's perfect where he suddenly just walks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, when you watch the movie or if you have hopefully you've watched the movie my uh, my friend um you know you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because it was just like whoa you know it was just really a cool moment and he just he just materialized and it was just so effective and I'm sure it was just a like force you know perception you know shot but it was just amazing it's yeah like he walked up out of nowhere I don't know it just freaked me out <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yeah I know what you're talking about yeah. and it's because I was like whoa we need to rewatch that that was like <laughs> I, I've seen it in other films where they these like they're they hint in in the particular part in the narrative where they're in like a dream world or it's otherworldly or just not in that particular uh, temporality. You have like the central fig. You have the character center in the frame. This very tight but wide shot of like um, you know ocean, like when they're on the beach and the ocean mm-hmm. is crashing behind yeah. them, or they're against the glacier and just seeing that and just seeing them just dead center. It. And, you know, it's like the they're dollying forward or, you know, or pulling back. It's just like there's something about that kind of dreamlike feel to it that really resonated with this particular with this film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, talking about making using the camera very intentionally Mm -hmm. um, in towards the end where um Gonar is uh, at the abandoned house again and you just see you the camera looked like you know it was just looking outside the window and as it's going back into to look at Gunnar you see the red car move come yeah come in yeah. just just you know 
the timing it of that. It just catches it. Yeah. Just yeah. catches it. That timing of it is also great because it's like, oh, you better go because it, it creates also that anxiety of yeah. we almost missed that. Exactly. And it yeah. just came in. It gave, again gave me, like, I mean, it like goosebumps, you know, because it was just yeah. like so, like, effective. Same know? thing at the end where the. Um, where the old the old man comes down and he just kind of when he he walks away but then comes back right 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 and yeah. and just like again the camera just he just enters the frame and you already are preparing yourself because you know what's going to happen but it just is so um, it it's almost it's like it's almost last minute his thought you can see his thought yeah. process right 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 yeah. Well, I'm very glad you like pick up on all of those things. That's uh, yeah, because the, they they all, all all these moments that you were talking about, they were like those were like definitely intentional and uh, and took took a while to like get right. So I'm very happy. To well, work. good. Well, I'm glad because there's nothing worse than if we like did that and you're like, ah, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, it was just, I mean, like, and this cool. is this is a, like this is pretty this is pretty phenomenal. Um, phenomenal filmmaking, especially like you said, you have 15 days. And oh my god! Yeah. The the amount yeah. of time, it, like the timing, it must. Like, and Ashley was talking about it last night. It's like the timing it must have taken to get that shot just right with the car coming in, um, in at the last second. Yeah. And the tension that all creates. And it's funny. Like sometimes, like I don't remember. I I don't think we did like a, a huge number of takes for that particular moment. Sometimes, like you just get very lucky, and then you're just like. Let's just hope everything else in the shot like was good, so we can you know because you never know that there might be like you know maybe the boom is in there or something. But like, um, but um, we also like one of the reasons why we were able to move so fast is because I had like uh, the best cinematographer, and he um, so our our camera crew was only two people. So it was my cinematographer uh, JP and uh, and his gaffer Adam. And they have their like childhood friends. They work together. Like they've shot so much together. Oh wow! So they have a language of yeah. They're so fast, and and you can see that. You can see that there's there's an intuition yes. with the camera there. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then like and then JP he also shot Child Eater. He shot uh, both of my shorts. Like so, like oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so this team. Like. It's like this little team that I've accumulated um, over the years. Um, and Dude, I think I like, just need to throw money at you. You know what I mean? Because it's like you could do because you just have this like whole already set. If anybody has money, I know yes, exactly. Just because you could money. just do this with this few people and make it this awesome film, like. right? <laughs> but like he, so JP and Adam were the only people that came in from the US to to do this film um, because I knew like if if I'm gonna shoot this in 15 days, which is insane to begin yeah. with, like I need to work with somebody that knows me and that. Like we know each other's yes. right. like there's a shorthand, yeah. there's a shorthand, um, and um, and that's the only reason why, like why how this was possible, I think, you know. So, but he's fantastic. He's like such a he's got such a good eye. Yeah, well, it shows definitely because um, yeah, the 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 shots and I mean that really is what adds to like some of just the spine tingling nature of this. This like the visceral experience of it is in these just yeah. quick moments, and it's just like you know, watching it, it's like nothing like, again, like, you know, horrifying, quote unquote, happens. It's just this little thing, like the car, or, you know, the stepping out, and you're just like, whoa, what the hell? You know, it just the hand. This, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, the fucking hand. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, 
but for just to talk a little bit more about some of like you know what I saw is like influences. Um, little you know, here's your fight school uh, educational name today, Daphne Du Maurier, mm-hmm, um, and don't mm-hmm. look now. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Daphne Du Maurier wrote the novel. They made a film with Donald Sutherland in the seventies, um, and I felt like you know there was uh, you know some of that. Um, some of your film echoed that, especially in using like the red color and obviously kind of following this person in a red jacket. Yes, um, and then uh, when we, when I brought that up, then Ashley was like oh but the red pillow and the, there was something else that he's was the, the red pillow that Einar is laying, laying on when on he's off. playing the record and talking about Limoy yes um and there's like the red car the red car yeah, like so there's the use of, of red it, it, it just like again especially I mean, in such a like gray stark landscape yes, to see yes. that bright color exactly yeah i mean don't look now was definitely like so i can tell you like there were three films that were like big like big influences uh don't look now for sure one of them uh, uh, Persona by Ingmar Bergman, which is also you know two people in a house and like you're not quite sure what's real and what's not. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a film called Weekend. Yes. Um, um, the Andrew Hay. Andrew Hay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, and my like, what I really wanted to like my kind of concept to begin with was like if I can you know I wanted to make something that was kind of formally stylized like persona but felt almost like improvisational performance wise like oh yeah like weekend so like yeah. i wanted you know because even the perform you know the performances in persona are amazing but they're very you know they're very kind of specific to that type yeah. of film they're very like modernist uh you know he's not going for realism in any kind of shape or form uh whereas weekend is very kind of loose and naturalistic and I was like, okay, if, if I can combine those two, that would be amazing. So that's kind of what I was um, trying to go for, like, stylistically. Um, and then, yeah, don't look now like that at the atmosphere in that movie. Like, obviously, the red coat is like, I mean, I just stole that. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say that. It's homage. It's homage. It's homage. homage. Um, hey, could Tarantino yeah. says the best artist deal. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Now, if it had been like a creepy dwarf in the jacket, then I would say, well. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but since it wasn't. But but even even, even the um, kind of the, um, I feel like that film is so, um, there's like this, like the that there's like that feeling of dread and that yeah. feeling of like mm-hmm. almost like inev- th- yeah inevitability it's like you've gotten yourself into a situation that you can't get yourself out of and like you kind of you know he keeps ru- you know and you know Donald Sutherland keeps going after the the figure in the coat even though like he knows he shouldn't yeah. and I felt like that's kind of the character of Gunnar is like he's brought himself to a situation that he sh- he probably like you you said earlier like he could leave at any time but he decides to stay even exactly if it's what is it about and that's my whole thing i'm like you could leave yeah like what is get it about car. get in the car and leave <laughs> because there's nothing they hint at maybe there it, that maybe einar like might kill himself like maybe mm-hmm. he's dealing with those demons yeah. and there's a there's a hint of that but it's not enough to where it's not like it's not like the quiet room where there's like you know he takes pills and there's pills on the floor like it's yeah. it's more like it's just there and what is he doing there it, to begin with he's he drove all that way to a remote part of the country where no one is around to just check on him and say hello and then not leave 
and basically is settling in there. I, I didn't understand that because, like, if you're when it's also revealed that he's the one who broke everything off, mm-hmm. and that not only is he dating someone, but like seriously seeing with them, potentially living with them, it's just like, why are you here then? Like, this is a very understanding boyfriend that you have yeah. because you're just you're just there. Talking to, like, not only an ex, but, like, the ex. Like, the ex that will be the story that you tell everybody, you know, moving forward. Exactly. That will inspire films like this. Right. And And it's just fascinating to kind of see him trapped there. And, like, almost like, you know, Sartre. It's just like, hell is other people. You have this room that you, you just can't leave and you don't know why. Is yeah. It guilt? I mean. It's, I mean, and for me, like, I mean, and I think there's, like, you know, without going to, like, you know saying too much but like that idea of like you not being able to let go of something yeah. i feel like that's like one part like he he comes out there for that specific he hasn't let go that's why he 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 comes out there um and then you know um like even at the very end when he's he drives away and he's been cut up and everything and like you know he gets stopped by that hitchhiker like the intention there also without like you know explaining everything too right. much but it's like that idea is like he's you you can go but you're choosing to stop like there's something there's something about the situation that like he can't get away from even still after everything after everything yeah. like yeah. he after everything that's happened you're still like stopping and yeah. what a and what a place to end yeah and, and and it's just like yeah because sometimes that's the process too is that you you never you get to write in your head, you know, it's up to the audience to decide what happened, but that's also sometimes the process of healing after a big grief event like that. Yeah. Is that you find yourself in, in certain places trapped by that grief and wanting to never, and never letting it go. And then it gets a little bit easier, but then it doesn't. You exactly. Go yeah. It's like, it, it comes back when you kind of least expect, or like it comes back when you allow it to come back, when yeah. you, mm-hmm. you, you kind of make the choice to return to it, you know? Yeah. Um, I um I like again like the um you know where you know I've seen so much horror that I think I know what's going to happen you know and then you, it it isn't what happens so in um in um, high tension which we've done on the on the show before uh, there is uh, an early scene in that where um, the main character Marie um, masturbates and it's this yes. whole shift you know where she's giving over to like her desire and the killer shows up at that exact moment and there's this whole like intersection so obviously in this film there's a, there's a scene with um uh gunnar um masturbating and it also is tied into the knocking yes, or, yes. you know what i mean and, and so i'm like i think i know where this is going yeah. you know just based on like just the visual imagery of like masturbation and like you know the 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 wrong of that, you know, and the, like the, you know, this sort of um, change and then the dripping faucets, right, <laughs> which right. I guess maybe we should also ask you about with that, um, all, all the dripping. I was like, oh, he's thirsty. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, we both, I was like, I was like, oh, this is like high tension. And Joe, who has seen that movie, is like, oh, yeah. I was like, hmm, you know, so it made me, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, no, that, you're totally right. Connection. You're totally right. And I, and I think it, 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 much like in high tension, it's that idea of like, you are kind of allowing like it's a character that's like allowing themselves to get like to indulge to indulge mm. in something yeah. that you know you know quote unquote they shouldn't or like maybe it's not a great idea and that's what kind of invites 
the following like they kind of bring it you know and i want to say like bring it onto themselves but like that's no, kind yeah, of how yeah, it's yeah. presented a little bit it's like yeah. they have a choice you know he he could he didn't have to stay the night like he yeah. could have left yeah. um, and like and maybe he's thinking about um einar in that situation you know what i mean like think you know it just kind of it, it increases like the connection you know yes. of like it's kind of it's how I read it. It's like because he's there, you know, and he's looking all sexy in the door frame. And it's exactly. like well, you yeah. could follow me, but oh, you're going to stay in the thing. Exactly. This is, well, this is what we're going to do. We're yeah. gonna, you know, it's funny because like the the way that that was originally written, there there wasn't like two floors to the cabin. They were like in a room next to each other. So he was like he could hear him. He, I think he was like hearing him snoring or something, or maybe you could, uh. he could see him. But like there was more of a like he starts like masturbating. There it was a more like obvious connection explicit, okay. explicit yeah. yeah but i think but you kind of get it like anyway yeah so and then yeah the dripping faucets because there was a lot of that <laughs> we just like, what is this like you know because it just it happened a lot in the movie these up close of this like, dripping <laughs> right. faucet i'm like hmm <laughs> maybe it's exactly what it looks like so maybe we i mean uh, yeah I, th- I think it's a little bit of uh <laughs> it is what it is um, <laughs> it's like it's it's yes the answer is yes right it's yes. Just something yes. I, i've also yes. never seen that like you know it's, it, we all have faucets in our homes likely um there's a way to be suggestive but not explicit yeah i yeah i never yeah. thought about that but in that context all of a sudden you're like wow this is very erotic. Yeah, exactly. being there, there is something. Faucet. Yeah, there's something like erotic about it. There's also something like lonely about it. There's yeah. like it's like an empty sound, mm-hmm. and it's like an empty something. Um, it's the sound that keeps you up at night. Yeah, because like you, yeah. you don't want to leave your bed, or you feel like you can't, and you exactly. don't you don't want to address it, but it's just there. Yeah, like and that, which is exactly what's happening in the film. Um, I, on the other hand, was thinking like the logistics of indoor plumbing in a, a remote cabin like that. Because <laughs> <Right>. I, <just laughs> I was thinking, I like, did write practicality. I was yeah. just thinking like, why is there, I was like, is it, I was like, what is, how are they getting water to this cabin? It's like in the middle of nowhere. And, the, and so I was just like, wow, the Don't lines, waste that. The, the lines that, the, you know, I, I, I just went down a rabbit hole, um, completely ignoring, you know, the beautiful Icelandic men jerking off in the, in his bed. Right. right, right. Um, <laughs> the damn faucet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> indoor plumbing how does it work <laughs> um, uh the uh the creepy dude the creepy old dude yes oh my gosh that uh, <laughs> like where did um how how do you know that guy first of all was he just somebody you cast like oh guess, you mean I mean, the actor like the yeah yeah, yeah. where did he um, come from was so, he in other things he is creepy yeah yeah <laughs> no so it's kind of funny like um i think i think um the experience of watching this film for a non-Icelandic audience is so different from an Icelandic audience because that actor is very, this was so like against type for him. He's like a well-loved, beloved, like comedy actor. And he's Oh, he's like a, Tom Hanks. Yeah, kind he's of. He's like the Icelandic Tom Hanks. He, he's done a lot of like um, children's stuff. <laughs> That's like, going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> That's what yeah. just happened. Sorry. So like he, he, this was very like against type for him. Um, and he, um, yeah, he kind of just came in and did it. He was he was there for like a day and a half, shot out all his scenes um, in a day and a half, um, and uh, yeah, he was just like awesome to work with. Perfect, and he yeah. went to like a very dark place. Like I don't think I think also like that's why he was interested in doing it because like he's never done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, very effective. Like again, yeah. like the old, like the, uh, the 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 killer in High Tension, or the you know the em- embodiment of of the killer. Um, you know, because I think that guy kind of has a similar story where playing the, that role was against type. Oh, against type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, know? yeah. So I think that's very, I think that's very cool. Very interesting because yeah. it's very effective. Like, especially when he's hiding in the closet and he just pops. Up. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was like it jumped 10 feet in the air. I'm like, yeah. why is this old white man so <laughs> terrifying to me? And he, <laughs> and the and the scene where he's trying to get into the closet, I was just like, oh, the, the symbolism of like the safety of being in the closet. <laughs> and I, then, I yeah. keep returning to the closet and like everything. It, exactly. <laughs> and he, you know, he is this man who you know is getting frisky with his you know frisky with his farm hands he is like trying to like go back in go into the closet and the other one is like not letting him and i thought it was such an interesting thing he just kind of gives up and he's just like i thought he might have come back and then i'm like don't go like don't leave (laughs) don't leave the closet and all of that was just so, again, unsettling, yeah, a lot of very unsettling, very much like audition mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. fever dream that happens there with all of the stuff with Lemoy and yeah, like the, uh, yeah, trying to go for something where it's like, you feel like you're kind of trapped in like almost like a nightmare. It's like you have to, you have to go somewhere. You have to go and like nowhere you go is a good place to go, you know? Yeah. Like by the end of it, it's like no choice you make is the, is a good choice really. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the um, the concept. So when I read um, I read an, a, a review where they were breaking down because they're trying to figure out what the film what what the story was, what it was about. Yeah. you know. And so they had positioned these like you know or posited these three different interpretations of the movie. Right. And, um, Is this the, the horror queers review or I think so? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Which I thought was interesting. <laughs> you know. Which, as I, the writer, you're just probably like. Mm. well it's always fun to read like and i told you before we we you know put the the mics on but like i i'm very like sometimes i will read like the reviews and the stuff but like it just gives me anxiety because like you never know what people are gonna say Um, exactly but with rift it's i i did read like a bunch of reviews and stuff and uh it was always like fascinating some people like were kind of following my own train of thought um of what i believe is happening um other people were like you know saying things that i'm like oh this is very interesting it's absolutely not what i had in mind but (laughs) nothing like what i thought (laughs) again yeah Yeah. that's interpretation and again i mean that our our you know what we do on this all the time is like an analysis or trying to like figure out some of the people go what no i was not talking about like native american death in the shining that's (laughs) not at all what i was discussing (laughs) um but sure whatever gets you through the film and you did again to reference this um interview you did where it's like i do encourage people to watch the movie less focused on understanding the logic and more focused on understanding the emotions which i love absolutely um because it's you know again it's an experiential film it's something that you're just kind of you should put it on and go with it and and just and feel through it uh, right. but having said that yeah what the, no <laughs> <laughs> but when you say like you're you think that people got what your interpretation of it was i don't know if it's like that like that the older man had kind of been murdering people for a while and so you have these like corporeal ghosts in a way like in Limoy and in Einar or because that was what we kept going back and forth where we were trying to figure out exactly what the timeline was like when was the the green um, uh, the uh, night vision film made you know when was when did that happen when when you know when he's kind of going in circles like what part is real and what isn't you know was it made at all like uh, yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah 
Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now I'm. Oh, I'm just gonna sit here in silence. And think yeah, about that. I'm gonna go and watch it again um, right away. Um, no, yeah. but it, it is really interesting. Like you know, I so I can only speak for myself, and it's funny because I you know on the I guess it was the other episode we we did, and I was talking about watching the killing. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a procedural and, you know, it's like a murder mystery. And um, I have this thing, you know, sometimes when I'm watching an episode, I, I go, th- you know, after an episode, I'll read the um, the recap by the AV Club. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shout yeah. out AV yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was doing that with um, The Killing um, and it was like they were picking apart all the logic and I'm, you know, and I'm even watching it for the second time. And it's like not that I don't, see that there are flaws in the logic but it's like it never really bothers me unless it's like super super yeah. egregious right um and for me it's so like i especially with a show like that that is so like heavy on the atmosphere and heavy like there's so many things that i think are working so well yeah, that like yeah, the yeah. logic stuff like doesn't bother me and even and that's a procedural so like the logic kind of should be more kind of solid right so when i was writing this like that's that's why i say you know people should focus more on the emotion than the logic um because um i wasn't i wasn't really like it wasn't like i was trying to create a puzzle piece where like everything fit nicely together especially towards the end i kind of wanted it to be a little messy like i wanted like there to be like not necessarily loose ends but like you know it doesn't quite tie all together because I think that's kind of interesting and makes you think about it a little bit more and it makes oh, you yeah. kind of start making connections and all of a sudden like, oh, this has a meaning that I I didn't, you know, wasn't thinking about earlier. You know, I think for me that's very, that's a satisfying way to, to watch something and experience something. Um, so, yeah, so like I can, there are things that, yes, under scrutiny are not going to make perfect sense um but that's that was kind of the intention well and that's not even really the question because i agree i love Mm -hmm. that and i like that people can do their own thing and even after we all watch it we kind of just sat there yeah and then it's like we sat in silence for a good five seconds you know (laughs) like seeing it again you know and then they're they're seeing it it's like wow you know it's still i mean it just sits with you and it's like you just have to think about it and come up with your own conclusion, which is perfectly acceptable. You right. know, lots of music goes out that way where people have to interpret it however they want. And, yes. you know, so I don't want you necessarily to sit here and say definitively what's happened. Um, I, I like that. I like that you intentionally, hey, you know, that's. <laughs> but it's, but that's also like not for everyone. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. get frustrated with that. A lot of people don't like, and that's totally understandable too, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't see that a lot in American film, I feel. Like, I feel like there's tons of horror films. We need a lot of certainty. Everything has to, like, there has to be this conclusion. It's not just about, like, you know, this artistic statement or emotional statement or this this experiential thing, this yeah. um, visceral feeling. You know, it's like, well, but what, you know, I need a, I need a period. Exactly, know? yeah. Rather than an ellipsis, which is what, you know, you get with this. You need some sort of definitive punctuation. You neither need the, you know, question mark or anything like that. Yeah, so I think that's why films sometimes do struggle. Like, I think The Witch struggled because of that, where people are like, wait, what? What's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this, I don't want to think too hard, you know? And that's fine. Like, hey, listen, there's plenty of people out there that think all fucking day and deal with all kinds of shit, and they just want to sit in front of a movie and just just feel like they got a solid answer about it. Yeah, exactly. And that they can move on, and I know exactly what happened, you know? Uh, But, hey, that's why there's so many of us and we can all get you know yeah. experience things different ways I, I i sitting here sitting here 
listening to the conver- you know, in the conversation, I just came to this realization that you know this this is a film that's meant to be felt. It's not meant to be. You're not meant to think. But then that is a breakup. Like it's about the feelings, right? Yeah, that's, and it, yeah. And it's about like if you think about it in terms of like this movie is about a breakup. It's um, you you come to that because it's not necessarily about the logic of the situation. It's about how you feel and what and the emotions that you're left with and what you go back to and what you return to. And, and everybody's perception of perception it. Perception of exactly, keeping trapped. Yeah. And then, you know, if we want to go if we want to go a step further and we talk to like, you know, intro to film analysis at like some liberal arts <laughs> college, you can you can it can almost be said that um Einar is the relationship and Einar embodies like the relationship and then Gonar is coming back to him and with the guilt of having ended it and mm-hmm. also at the end like feeling responsible in some way for his death and not being there. Exactly. And and you have, and then also again, just like, just like what happens with two people who end a relationship, the story of what exactly happened is never really, it doesn't quite add up. Like it doesn't quite add up. Everybody's going to have everybody's going to, exactly. And which, you know, you have the several versions of how it could be and to kind of get bogged down in the logic of it, you, you don't get to, experience or relish in the beauty of how that's all felt. I I think that just thinking about it in that way, I'm like, wow, this is a very, it's a very effective piece of, of filmmaking in, in that sense. Yeah. So fun, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. just, just sitting here to listen. I, to I'm like, I was like, film. now I want to go home and see it again <laughs> because I just, with all of these layers and having this, this, you know, amazing conversation that we're having with you, it's, it's going to, for me, I'm that person that, like, I will read reviews. I will read everything about a film if I really connect with it afterwards to just get – just to go into – because I like what thought processes went into this particular shot Mm -hmm. or this particular part of the narrative. And um, I just think it's just – you know, it's just great that, like, we were able to sit down and – sit down you know and have these this open conversation yeah and to fi- come to these realizations even just here talking yeah. so two other things i want to talk about um in the movie or in the actually i really it's a film you know it's a um, film not a movie film. it's a film uh, <laughs> uh so okay one's practical and the other is um yeah we'll do this one first so okay. they're when they're laying together and talking and Gunnar shares this like traumatic experience of you know being raped I just I it's such like a difficult conversation and it happens you know I mean it's not like this huge part of the film you know it's this little revelatory thing between them that they are sharing you know um in the you know, I guess, like, you know, he's comfortable, obviously, with him, and they're, you know, they do have this relationship. Where and he's can, he's finally answering the question that was asked initially right. when they first started that he didn't get to answer. Mm-hmm. And so now he's doing that. Right. Yeah. But I just, I, the complexity of that, and I'm just curious, like, how you approach writing that because of the, you know, so, you know, Einar tells him, well, like, you were raped. He's like, well, yes. And then they have this, like, he has this comment about the you know, of liking it and not liking it and this whole, it's like, I'm just curious where that conversation come, came from. So in like this, you know, because we, uh, no, I'll leave it there and just see what you say <laughs> right. before I ask anything. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that like, uh, you know, one of the things that I always felt like connected the two of them in a way that like they, they couldn't maybe verbalize and they couldn't, 
like that's one of the reasons why they drifted apart or like couldn't stay together is like they are kind of bonded by some sort of like trauma that happened to them mm-hmm. you know th- and you know we have Gunnar's trauma like he got raped and then we have um Einar talks about like that he you know lost his virginity when he was probably too young and there's yeah. like this kind of you know we never get too explicit about like what actually happened but maybe it has something to do with this old man that lives there it has something to do with that area for sure um and it's something that they've never been able to talk to each other about but because they're kind of broken in this way that's it's like a it's 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 a place where they connect yeah without ever being able to open up about it and and mm. now that mm-hmm. Gre- uh the uh, Gunnar opens uh, up about it um that like he opens up about it and right after like that's when they are able to kind of come together and like they have sex so it's like it's like that idea of like open up you know the the more you open up to each other the closer you get to each other yeah. yeah the the more the the emotional it's a way of bridging the emotional distance and exactly. then until the point where not now are now that the emotional distance has been bridged we can we can now be close physically like you have exactly. the now physical intimacy exactly associated with it exactly yeah. and um and um yeah it just i wanted to like I remember just like starting to write it and and it is quite a long scene yeah. um and um I just like it started just coming out and uh and I just like felt like he just he needs to say all these things like he and he needs to tell the story in this way like he needs to like it's probably something that he's you know thought about a lot so the the way you know it's like a very precise way that he does tell the story um and he's not looking at him like he's close, but he's also not looking at him because it's not, I, I, you know, having those conversations where you're just talking to somebody, but you know, you're not looking at each other. And yes, the, even though you're physically close and it's it's a very intimate moment, just not being able to say it in that way. Exactly. I think it's very effective, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that it was just like, you know, uh, it, it was just something that, you know, and try, you know, like the mechanics of it was just trying to figure out like what you know what does the Gunnar character need to get out of his system yeah. in order mm-hmm. to um kind of take the next step or like order to like put something behind him or like get closer to to Einar. um and that's that's where it came from and uh yeah and and it, it was just like one of those things like it, it's like i just wrote it and it kind of just stayed that like that was one of those things that like never changed in the yeah. script yeah, well, I mean, despite the subject matter, it's, it is a beautiful moment in the film. And again, it kind of echoes for me a little bit of, like, Let the Right One In, where um, Oscar and um, Ellie are laying together in bed, and she, you know, oh, would you like me if I wasn't a girl? Like, you mm-hmm. know, not exact, obviously, but but just, like, there's this beautiful moment, you know, like that, in this, like, intimacy. Yeah, of, there's something. unveiling something. Exactly. Beyond. That, that, it's, like, such a specific, like, that, like, laying in bed and, like, mm-hmm feeling like you you know it's like it's like a different kind of pillow talk you know it's like you're able to say things you would never say otherwise just in that situation you know yeah Yeah. but i also you know just to talk a little bit about like i don't know again i don't i don't want to generalize too much i guess i could just talk about my own experience like with the like the problematics of like queer sex and queer um 
relationship sometimes in the sense that, you know, like uh, most of most queer people, young queer people are robbed of the experience that a lot of straight people get in, right, in yeah. having relationships in high school and you have that, ad- you know, adolescent kind of bonding and things like that. So sometimes our our interests do get pushed, you know, to a different direction. I think about being when I was like 12, 13 years old, um, probably younger, really. We lived in a house where across the street was this gorgeous man lived. He was just anyways. And, you know, he was like probably in his 40s. But, you know, just, I don't know, there was just something about him that I just thought was so attractive. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if he noticed me in a second, you know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever he wants, you know, I get. But it's like, that's not (laughs) appropriate on this side. No, yeah. You know, but it's like, you know, it's just like, so it's like I was thinking about that, like, when he was talking about it. I I was just like, I don't know. There was something encapsulated in what he was saying beyond being a survivor of, like, trauma, but also just. And, again, I don't know if that's me just reading because of my own story. When I think back of, of, you know, the, the people that I did engage in sexual relationships with when I was still a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, the inappropriate of some of them, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. There was just a, yeah. a yeah. weird thing with the conversation of like, I liked it, but I didn't. It was just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is bringing up stuff. The desire yeah. and yeah, the, yeah. the desire and then not being able to, the desire and then knowing that like something in society and culture is telling you that this desire is not normal. Yeah. And then being... And then also being desired and being wanted in that way. But being assaulted, too, you know, because yeah. you know, he even puts it out there. Like, they don't see this the way I see it. Exactly. And I'm I, like, wow, oh, my God, this is, it was just blowing my <laughs> No, and, I, and I, think, I think this is very common. I mean, I, I don't know how it is today. I'm sure, like, with Grindr, it's probably even more common. But, like, I remember having, you know, that those, you know, first online messaging oh. kind of conversations – with, when I was way too young with people that, like, definitely shouldn't be talking to me. Like, right. I shouldn't be talking to them, yeah. but they're, like, way too old to be talking to me. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, people, you know, young younger people, they get, you know, maybe seduced or tricked into doing things that, like, you know, the other people should know better. Um, right. Oh, of and yeah, yeah, yeah. then it becomes, like, yeah, sometimes – yeah, sometimes there is that, like, maybe it's enjoyable in a way, but it's not, you know. Base, it's, yeah, a base, level, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, it's yeah. like, I think it's very complicated, you oh, know, and I think absolutely. The, the version <laughs> of history is like, that's like a very kind of bad version. Like, you know, it's like, a, you know, but I think there's even grayer areas where, like, mm-hmm. things go not quite that far or, like, not, you know, into, like, like, basically gang rape territory yeah, but yeah, like yeah. but things that like shouldn't probably happen and uh yeah. that's mm-hmm. a complicated thing to also live with mm-hmm. and like deal with later on you yeah. know so i think like and i think i i feel like a lot of queer people go through those experiences yeah absolutely and, and plenty of everybody you know we you know there's lots of things that we, like when i look back and i think of things i was pressured into doing that i really mm-hmm. didn't want to do but i did anyways because it's a boyfriend or it's whatever you know and so anyways there was just this like just such a real moment of something that it's like i have been trying to articulate in conversations um because besides horror i do uh, i talk a lot um and 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 do a lot of research and and stuff in human sexuality and sexual behaviors and things like that and so it's like it's so hard to like talk about something because we are really denied you know a lot of these experiences Mm -hmm. in, in some way so it's just like 
I don't know. There was just something very honest in that moment, too, of his whole, like, back and forth that really resonated with me. And I'm sure, again, anybody watching it, you know, whether gay, straight, male, female, probably have had these sorts of situations um, and, and the complications of it. But I just... It, it, the the particulars around this film, I was just like, wow, this is like a really like <laughs> hitting a specific uh, mm-hmm. home. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways, and I just wanted to see what yours. And that's the scene, like I feel like the that's the scene most people like when I've gone to festivals and stuff. Like when people like stay behind and and want to talk, like that's usually the scene that they want to talk about, and that's okay. the scene where they feel like like I I went through this or something similar, and like that really like spoke to me and so that's yeah. felt that that felt very good to like have like written something that yeah. people like could yeah. relate to and yeah well i just think it's also very complex and again it opens you up to be like well, what are you trying to say there you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like the, the way it's handled is really is really good you know we've we've done a lot of work with like um uh, around like the vagina monologues and there's like criticism you know she wrote a monologue in the thing where it's like you know, one of the one of the women is telling this story about having this relationship with an older woman, and I think what is the line? It's like um, it was uh, my um, it's coochie snorcher. Yeah, it's my very um, <laughs> is the uh, not politically incorrect like sexual awakening is what she has. Yeah, and like it. one of the lines is like, I yes, it was a rape, but it's so, it's so strange. It's been edited, I think now. Like no, they, yeah, the current version doesn't yeah, have the original it, version. But the original, it would like it just made reference to like. A quote unquote like good rape, not exactly, but this idea, right, you know what right, I mean? right. So it's like, oh, you know, it's like it's just the territory of that. I, it's so complicated to talk about, you know, and I don't think Eve meant that. That's not what she was trying to say, but I, I get like again the complicated nature of having this sort of conversation, right? And the complicated nature of like uh, every person deals with it, and there like yeah. people, some people can talk about it very easily, other people can never talk about it. You know, it's right. like and. Some people, like, I don't want to say make light of it, but, like, they can talk about it in a way that, like, empowers them, Absolutely. you know, uh, about what happened. Um, like, one of my one of my favorite movies uh, in the last decade is um, L, you know, Paul Verhoeven's L. Did you ever see that? Um, with, um, with uh, what's her name? Isabelle Huppert. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'll have to look up. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, like, basically, like, you know without spoiling anything it's like a, a woman who gets raped and she deals with it in a very unexpected manner is that like e-l-l-e-l yeah L. like the magazine okay. yeah huh. um and that's like such a like the way that that film kind of treats sexual violence and like it's just like such a unusual film in so many ways um it's very fascinating to watch and and huh. and i see like a lot of you know, like, a lot of people that have been assaulted, like, they connect to that movie in a way that, like, you wouldn't necessarily think they would because mm-hmm. it's almost like that film feels like it's de- deliberately pushing a lot of buttons. But I think sometimes, like, that's a good thing. Like, sometimes you you you, you don't want to be sheltered from everything. You Absolutely. Sometimes, like facing things head on or like yeah. talking you to have people. to feel the feelings in order to know how to push through them because yeah. if you then you get into a situation where you're just repressing exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. which is never a good thing well thank you for your thoughts on that just because I, I was really moved by that scene and I just was like okay I have to I have to ask about that okay so then the last thing to go 360 mm-hmm. uh, this is again for our, our, our dear final girl Ashley that's on the crew um, she was curious um, when we were watching it about uh, the practicalities of filming where you were because mm-hmm. like sound and the wind and all oh of that it was just like you know 
How was that? Oh my god! Because like, like the the to... sound mixing and the sound editing, and as like you know, as my my role in our show is like responsible for that, and just thinking, and she even, and Ashley mentioned, I didn't think about it. She's like, how were they able to film outdoors Oof. with wind and everything? So if you could talk yeah, a little like about glaciers and the water, and they're they you know, yeah, there are there were moments. I mean, you can't tell how cold it is, but it was so cold. And there were moments, like, specifically, like, that the scene where, like, they're standing, you know, standing above the rift and, like, the wind is, like, blowing in their faces and they're talking about, like, the um, the wolf or, like, the fox. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The killing, the, the starvation pit. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, I remember, like, um, Siki, like, who plays Anar, like, he, he does it once, like, and he's got, like, a big kind of long monologue telling that story and we say cut and he's like I don't know if I said any of those words right because I can't feel my lips anymore like his face was just frozen wow Wow. Uh, but so what we would do and this is and I like and we didn't do um, I don't think we did any ADR we may I was going to say like ADR must have been a (laughs) <laughs> like it, it didn't look like you did any ADR. No, yeah, we. I think we, we might have done like maybe like a couple of lines, but um, what we did was every time we had a situation like that where like the wind was blowing crazy in their faces, the uh, sound guy he would take them to like shelter, like where there's no wind, and he would just be like, say the you know, do the scene one more time just for audio. And these both of these actors, they're like theater actors, so so they're like. They're very good at what they do. So they were able to kind of just replicate the mm-hmm. same emotions oh, and stuff. That's awesome. So, like, in that scene and the scene on the beach, we – a lot of the dialogue was used from the the quieter takes. <laughs> so – But you can't It tell. was like no, – It was like tell. you were doing ADR on the shoot, basically. Yeah, basically just like oh, – They were like – The sound guy was like, give me five minutes. I'm just going to take them and have them run them, like, one. And, like, we were – in in our, all of our heads, it was just like it, this is, will just be for reference, just, you know, just like while you're editing, so you can hear something, and then we'll do like proper ADR later. But then we just didn't have to; like it all just worked really, really <laughs> that's well. Amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, that, that is, is that great. that's that blows my <laughs> mind. Just because, like, after she said that, and I was just thinking about like, wow, they were in a lot of places where, because. Because there's a point where, like, you notice Gunnar's hair is, like, just, a, like... It's, like, blowing everywhere. Blowing yeah. everywhere. And, um, and it's just like, wow, this is... It sounds great. It yeah. sounds great. It sounds... It's, and looks natural. And like, is right. very looks like intimate. Yeah, and yeah. looks... And exactly that. It looks natural in, the, in, in that moment. Right. Oh, wow. They, I mean, yeah. you yeah. made the vast, like, the vast, like, uh, Icelandic wilderness be really, like... Intimate. intimate yeah <laughs> cool. yeah no, that's awesome um you know I, I also remember like when we were shooting um when they go to see the neighbor like where the horses are and uh gunnar and her have like a conversation like i had such a bad cold like i had like like just not running down my like Hot. i felt yeah. so disgusting mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so yeah we the um uh circumstances were like not it was not like a great um yeah, like the 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 elements were not in our favor, but um, but otherwise, like it was pretty, it was a pretty kind of relaxed shoot. Like we we always made our days. Like we were never behind schedule. Like it was pretty. Like e- even though it was only fifteen days, like it was pretty. We we were just like we knew it was gonna be hard, so we were very 
well planned. Um, and because of that, I think everything kind of worked out. Yeah. You kind of have to be in that in that situation, especially with a with a very unforgiving unforgiving landscape. Yeah. In in terms of like wind and exactly. sound. And also, I think you know credit where credit is due. Like those two actors were so like they never complained. Like they were always like. 120% prepared like so that also made it easier for everybody like we never had to do more than like maybe three or four takes oh, wow. like so we got through everything very fast and and every take that they did was good you know so it feels very natural they do yeah you're right they do a fantastic job in that because they really um i mean it's very believable like you really feel them so cool that's um that was kind of like the last thing that I wanted to ask about because I did promise Ashley I would. <laughs> um, so just to sort of wrap up, you are working on an English remake. I know you can't yes. talk too much about yeah. it, but it's an American produced. American produced. Okay. Um, it's Orion Pictures, which cool. is um, like a, an MGM company. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of hmm? – yeah, Orion, Orion was Orion. handsome. Orion. Yeah, Orion, yeah, it, that's Orion. Yeah, so Orion did like all those films back in the day, and then yeah. Orion kind of disappeared, and then they they got revived uh, a few years ago. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so that's been awesome. Um, that's been going on for like a year now, and uh, like the writing. Are you writing? I'm writing right? it. Okay. Yeah, very cool. So, How yeah. awesome that you get that opportunity. It's yeah, it's been it's it, it's been a great opportunity. It's also been like really interesting to revisit something that I already did yeah, and kind of do it again. Um, but, but how is that for you to do with this, like, American... Because, I mean, again, this film really... Sh I mean, they could, you know, just give it a wider release here, and I think it should be able to connect. But, you know, for whatever reason, Americans, we love to remake shit. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm curious, like, how you're approaching that. You know? Well, um, well, uh, what I can say is that, you know, the two kind of big elements that we are, you know, continuing. It's like, it's still a gay story. Very cool. And um, it's still taking place in Iceland. It all takes place in the same, like, it'll be the same setting. Oh, So we're going cool. back to shoot it there. Okay, yeah, because that was um, my question. I was wondering where you were going to shoot it here, like, you know, where you know where it would be set. No, yeah, I think everyone is like, it has to be there. Like, oh, that's because, because awesome. like, it's such a, it's a big part of the. Yeah, exactly. The, it's a character. The, it's a character. That's Iceland like, is a character. Are you going to do Alaska yeah. or something? Like, where are you going to go that you're going to get this vast wilderness that's going to, you know what I mean? Create no, yeah. space. So awesome. And, and even, even in the script, like, as it is, like, it's, you know, we're going a little bit more into, like, the area, like, you know, without giving too much away, but, like, yeah, the, yeah. the area will definitely, all, you know, again, be uh, a big, big part of the, the film. Um, and, awesome. yeah, it's very exciting. Of it's, course. I think people will, um, it'll be different enough that, like, it'll, it won't feel like watching a new, like, uh, the same movie, but it will also hopefully be, you know, it, it won't be too much of a departure. So, like, if you do, like, you know, the movie as it is now, you should be able to appreciate the new version. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, because I, I just have always, you know, like when we were talking about like the ADR thing, it's like I, I, I will not watch dubbed films, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like I want to hear their voices. I want to hear the emotion that's in there. And even though the subtitles I know often aren't always great, you know, because yeah. of just the varying, varying nature of language and how, yeah, yeah. and how things get translated or how things have meaning or even something you mentioned earlier doesn't really have an English translation, so we have to figure it out. Yeah. You know, make something up, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, I, 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 it's, you know, not always like, oh, I wish this was in English. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, it can be in yeah. any language. It can be an American story. Um, 
it could be an American story in Iceland, and it would be interesting to see how that that cultural change will yeah. I'm very will translate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah I'm, I'm, you have to tell me when you see it. When it's out, you'll oh. tell me how how it how it works. You'll, so you'll come definitely. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll come on again, and yes, we'll, we'll, we'll have we'll again. have a field trip episode to the th- to the movies yes. to, to see it. Um, all right. Well, again, thank you so much for your time and, and, and for hanging out and talking about this uh, film. It, it really is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Again, thank you. like I said, I, I watch a lot of horror films, and I was really unsettled by something that is not, you know, people getting sliced and diced or, well, I guess they are, but <laughs> not, you know. It, yeah. It, it's just, it's not, it's not, a, it, I don't know. It was just such a fantastic experience to, <laughs> to have like oh yay creeped out and creeped out again watching it again you know i mean so I'm very happy to hear that yes. yeah <laughs> good job you. Thank, you thank you um all right well um anything else joe oh my I, gosh. I, I i think we have enough to i think we have enough to like encourage anybody to go to iceland yes, yes. and if you you know and go to that area go to that go, go to, to that area Sumters. you can actually have um you can actually stay in that cabin yes on airbnb rent, rent we'll find cabin. it and we'll post it yes. if you want to go <laughs> stay there um i'm also i can add this to my christmas horror movies yeah yeah true yeah <laughs> yes we talked briefly about that last night like oh could we play this at christmas sure why we not could, yeah. um if i can play inside at christmas <laughs> Maybe I'll play this and inside. It'll be awesome to terrorize no. everybody. Anyways, all right. Well, again, thank you um, so much, Erlinger, for, for sharing pleasure. your time. My pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, Joe, you have a good night. Sleep well. <laughs> I I will. Thank you. You have a good night as well. <laughs> Check under your beds. Yes. Uh, that hand. Oh, we forgot the hand. Okay. Well, anyways, good night. You have to find out about the hand yourself, dear listener. <laughs> Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.